Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the OrcoCast. My name is the Orcosaurus, and in this podcast, I'm talking to indie game developers about their games and the video game industry in general. So, if you like my show, then please consider subscribing on YouTube, thumb the video up, ring the bell, leave a comment, and if you're listening to one of the many podcast platforms, please consider us giving a review. And if you want to support us, please check out our Patreon. Thank you, everyone, and now on to the show. Here we go. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Orcocast. With me today is Shades from Shady Corner. Hello there. Hi, how's it going? It's going great. So, Shades, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Shades of Shady Corner. I not only do lewd reviews on lewd video games, but I also create lewd video games as well. Very good, very good. Finally, another lewd death here on the on the Orca cast. Always having a hard time on pulling those in. I don't know why. So tell us a little bit more about your projects that you're doing. So you're publishing games and you're also creating games. Your publishing label is Shady Corner. Is that correct? That okay, is and correct. that is very correct. Okay, and now tell us a little bit about the games you have published and the games you've made yourself and what is the most current project at the moment? So games that I've currently published at the moment, I did some earlier games called Lambo and Ludware. Early access to a game called Shady Luca, which is currently the biggest uh, lewd crossover game that you can get out there. Uh, we released Marble Maid, and as of today, as of recording this today, we released Slime Girl Smoothie. Um, I'm currently working on three other game ideas, maybe more. It's hard for me not to work on multiple things because that's just my nature. Um, I am constantly, uh, if I'm not uh, making games, I'm either playing other people's games or I'm reviewing them on our YouTube channel because we've got a YouTube channel, Shady Corner. Um, so we've kind of got a big brand with that. And then we've recently started branching out over the last year, uh, helping other people publish their games as well onto Steam and to other networks as well to try to get them to wider audiences. Nice, because each devs also deserve some love. Though, um, if you if you look back at the things you did, how did you get in the gaming gaming industry in the first place? Um, I kind of always been in it. Um, I would say that you know, as an early age, I was making games even as much as drawing them and then I kind of got into uh, making them in programs and stuff and from there I, I I'd always just because I, I love playing games a lot so for me it was just you know it's a good way to tell a story and then when I went into doing lewd reviews and reviewing other people's games I thought well you know the one big thing that I haven't done is made one so I should make one you know kind of you know kind of put my money where my mouth is because I'm always you know critiquing other people's games when I should like also give it a go myself. Okay, and how did the transformation take place from, let's say, a normal or not normal, but from a safe for work dev to a titty games dev and especially titty games publisher? Um, I would say that it was pretty. Uh, it was a pretty easy transition for me because I've kind of always like I don't really sort of have a filter when it comes to safe work to not safe work. It was just sort of gradual process as I grew older, um, and it was more about um, 
more so establishing how I do it, not so much the transition of it. The transition was easy um, because I feel like I transitioned at the right time. Everybody else is currently doing similar things around me. So, you know, it's very easy to um, sort of just like everybody's doing something. And, and like as I transitioned into game making, I met a, a, a load of other people. So for me, it was very easy. Yeah, but um, what, what was the thought process? process behind it like did you get into like or, or was it like ah, ah yeah let's make some porn games or was it more like ah, okay i see there is a, a a market segment i could improve or make better for others or just maybe make more money in uh well for me it's not really about i mean i guess like for some people it is about the money as a as a main thing and I know there are people out there that just think about that but for me it's about having fun with it and the process of the whole thing is that I want to be able to sort of create loot games but also break the barrier in the fact that they shouldn't just be like every other loot game they should be still engaging and fun without necessarily like I want them to stick out in the crowd you know so I create games that not you wouldn't normally see as a loot game um, whereas I know that there is an overpopulation of um, uh, I, I would say visual novels and stuff like that and it's not necessarily a bad thing but it's very hard to be seen when everybody's sort of doing the same thing so for me this is kind of like a, a very different path to to what I would regularly say is making just a porn game can see that uh, especially since there are dedicated sites that almost exclusively sell either RPG maker games or uh, Kakura games for example or if you talk about visual novels then you obviously have Jast. Both are dedicated to those specific genres because there is so much and there's also a huge legacy especially when it comes to visual novels because that are uh, especially the the um those are the hmm, progenitors of modern porn games i guess uh yeah yeah i mean you you have you have some outliers in the past where you had like in germany it was called wet the sexy empire where you basically first ran a porn shop then you ran an entire porn industry but it was still it was kind of horny if 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 that makes sense but it was never like flat out porno loot yeah um so yeah that that kind of makes sense uh in in that sense so you you set out not basically for money but can you still live off what you're doing or is that more a side thing is that more a hobby of yours and you have still a day job um so it used to be something that was a side job it started as a side job in 2016 more so as a hobby than anything um, as the landscape came, uh, became very different for me because a lot of, I guess you would say, a lot of a lot of the landscape of loot development and Patreon uh, game sales changed. A lot of that stuff is very different now comparatively to what it used to be. So uh, around about. Uh, uh, 2019 was when I kind of hung up everything and said, you know, I think I can transition to do this full time. And I've been doing it since like mid, I'd say mid 2019. No, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I'd say it was around there. I would say, think I'd have to check how long it's been. It's been a couple of years now, um, but it's been good because um, 
taking that leap has been really difficult. Not so much in terms of the saving money situation, it's more so of when do you take that leap? And that's a big thing for a lot of people. A lot of people, they don't know when to jump. Um, and luckily a, a fellow game dev had just sort of messaged me and said, why haven't you done it? And I just thought, well, I don't know why I haven't done it. So I did, I took the leap um, and you know, I haven't looked back. It's been great. Like I, I can live off what I do. There's no real like complete struggle. It's, um, you know, there are good months and bad months, but um, you know, I'm. it's pretty much the same as if I was working at my day job. Like I'm, I'm earning the same amount of money. It's the same sort of pace, except I'm way more focused now. So I'm able to do a lot more things than I used to do. Okay. Uh, what are some of the hardships uh, you're facing when it comes to publishing and developing? H games. Um, in terms of developing, I would say the hardest part is finding people that you can trust to work with. Because I have had, and it's easy to not say this kind of thing, but I think when you work in an industry with people that do contract work, there are a lot of people that can be quite flaky. So I, I, I find that there are people that are um, not reliable. And it's hard because it's not like a process when you go out and get a casual job where you go to a job and you know that everybody goes through the same interview process. It's very different when you're developers. So you're hiring somebody that's an artist or hiring somebody that's, you know, a voice actor or something like that. And you don't know whether or not they're going to complete the job. And I'd say that's a pretty hard part. For me, the the actual creation process is quite easy. I, I find that I'm I'm... I'm naturally creative. I like to be creative. I'm constantly thinking of ideas. Um, I'm constantly writing things down. It's almost a curse in a way because I wish I was more than one person sometimes because I want to make more than one game at any given time. It's very difficult for me not to um, completely destroy my entire career by working on 20 games at once because it, it, yeah, I could do it if I wanted to, but I've just got to be very careful in what I do. Um, I would say that um, in terms of the publishing side, uh, uh, publishing is uh, it was something I wasn't necessarily going to get into but I felt that a lot of people in my particular area like where I came from it was very difficult and I kind of didn't want to sort of use the word publishing because I find I find publishing to be quite a predatory thing and so I wanted to kind of take that away and sort of be more of a, a helping hand and I'd say the hardest part about publishing is for people to trust you in terms of when you come to them and you want them to to like you say oh i want to help you publish your game they instantly think you're trying to steal their game and that's not what i'm trying to do i'm trying if anything i want to give them money to help them finish their game or i want to have what i've got which is a finished game i want them to have the stuff that they that i couldn't have it, i think that's it's only fair and fun in that way to um to let people have um you know to have the opportunity that you know i i had to work really hard to get to where i am i i want other people to have similar opportunities as well um yeah i would say those are probably the two the two hardest things yeah understandable um so um if i ever finish my game i'm currently working on Rocco's uh, mighty quest for milk milk uh, then i can sign with you and you won't and i will and i will keep my ip right oh yeah 100 percent my, my ip I mean, nobody I, I... wants to touch <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny because I there is still a lot of predatory acts out there. I've met a lot of publishers that they want you to borderline sign your life away. 
And I also found that the one thing that I noticed with a lot of publishers is they don't talk to you like you're human. And I miss, even though it's kind of a disadvantage in a way, but I prefer to be like highly friendly to people and I would rather talk to them about themselves before I talk to them about their game because there is a human behind the game. And, you know, you shouldn't just be talking as if like this is a commodity and an asset. I, I kind of, I'm not really looking at that. If the game doesn't do too well, because you know the the numbers don't line up or the numbers don't fit i'm not going to be completely upset that i invested time in it because i'm i'm investing in the person not the game um i i think that i see games out there that i'm like holy shit that's a cool game i want i want to see that finished or that's a funny game i want to see done and i'm hoping that you know somebody will you know like i sit back and i go i hope somebody will help fund this dude's game because you know i i can't help everybody but i want to be able to help as many people as i possibly can that sounds actually awesome so now let's let's come to a to a topic we have discussed before we actually started the show so uh for all that are listening in um i requested a key via key mailer for slime girl smoothies uh and it turns out the key doesn't work because my government is Puritan. Which is kind of weird because if you think about it, we are actually pretty open people, but in this case we are pretty Puritan. Uh, so does this, I mean, this is, this is probably something that also causes you a lot of frustrations. In, in general, I think Germany is always kind of like the red-headed stepchild when it comes to porn games. But are there other countries that have a similar market, like economy, where it's really hard to come by any decent games? Or how, how are we the only ones? What is your experience there? Uh, I don't really see that as an issue with anybody else. Um, some websites that are not Steam, I've seen it. Um, particularly Japan doesn't like some of the other third-party websites, but they're fine with Steam. And it was mainly that big hit when um, uh, it happened for Germany that you know we all kind of stopped and were literally I think it was two two weeks straight of all of us developers talking to each other about what are we going to do about it. Like it's a huge market that we've been cut out of, and it's not fair. But the problem is, is because we're outside of the country, it's very different for us to be able to approach um, the the commerce side of particularly the laws of how they're running steam in germany so um you know for us it's kind of it's it is a livelihood situation because we know for a fact that there is a huge market in germany like massive market we where we wouldn't be uh talking about it as much if there wasn't um and a lot of my fans and a lot of people that have played my games have been from Germany. So for me, it's, um, and like many other devs, it, it is a big blow to the side, especially with developers who live in Germany, because it becomes increasingly difficult for them to be able to even publish their game at all. Uh, I know some developers just can't, pub like, they, they go to publish a game on Steam and they can't. They have to go find a publisher to do it outside of Germany, um, purely because of the law that Steam provides. And that's what makes makes a lot of things like that very difficult. Um, I would say that I would like for it to change, but I don't know how, um, I don't know if and when that sort of thing is going to happen. 
because I feel like um, we haven't heard anything in the last two years and there just seems to be more of a uh, everybody's just sort of putting their heads down and working really hard at the moment and trying to keep our mouths shut because you know the, the thing that we're scared about um, and it is with you know uh, lewd game development um, uh, is we're worried about losing more because like, well, games are so taboo that we're worried about losing uh, anything else. If you know you yell too loud, people will get mad because they're like, oh, well, they're yelling, so maybe we should take more away. Yeah, I can see that. Um, do you do you want me to shed some light on why your games are blocked in Germany? Because I think I can explain it to you. Uh, yeah, you're more welcome to. I mean, I, I remember reading something about it earlier, particularly about it do with the it was. As far as I know, it was to do with the the, the, the provider of whoever you're paying the money to through Steam's accounts, like the way that they handle their money. But that's as much as I know or okay. I remember. It's it's different. So what you guys need to do and lobby for that that I doubt Steam will do it. But so how the law regards porn in Germany works is almost everything is game. But there's a caveat to it. Mm -hmm. You cannot, under any circumstances, let minors see it. So anyone under the age of 18 can not see it. That is the big thing. And as long as Steam doesn't do an age verification check here in, in our country, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. Because, that, for example... That seems to make more sense, actually. Yeah, because... For example, um, I know they're dead now, but if you used to go to a video rental store, you had like all the movies there, and, and normally you had a much huger section just with fucking porn on the side somewhere. Oh, like, definitely, yeah. Por porn sections in Germany were bigger than the actual video rental section, but it had to be completely cut off from the rest where minus could enter so basically you had like a a, a very inspicuous store where the clerk behind the counter could at any time see who enters this ins inspicuous store and then you were in porn paradise and i think that is that is the main crux here i think as long as steam refuses to put in an age verification check for germany it won't work but you guys can try and lobby for it maybe i don't know we we have been doing a few things behind the scenes that obviously i can't really sort of vouch or mention too much about but there are things that um uh, you know we've been um, you know we're looking into um, and, and that's why for now it's a temporary thing we've been looking at um, uh, other forms or other places that we can go to uh, to basically talk to people about this sort of like or at least sell our games on other websites we understand that not everybody wants to go shop at a place like Nutaku or something like that but you know we're trying to make all our games as accessible as possible so for us it's more about trying to get more seen and in the hope that you know steam might be like wow like there's plenty of places that do these games like maybe we should maybe we should be a little bit more lenient and more open up because we know that this similar thing that we worry about is the whole paypal thing where paypal is very um they don't like anybody that's um uh, not safe for work related 
they don't like dealing with payment stuff like that so quite yeah quite that's difficult that that's also something i've i've heard recently that paypal according to the tos doesn't allow any kind of like not safe for work goods it's just kind of weird yeah. also um but yeah i, I and they they also what i also find funny is they also want to if you Patreon does that, not PayPal, but Patreon wants to do, I mean, it's not an issue, right? We are all 18 who do that. But basically, um, Patreon wants you to verify your age if you create 18 plus content. That is correct, yeah. Yeah, they they want to roll that out in October or something. And I I personally find that really funny because why, why not also check the people who who are subscribed to 18 plus content because little timmy if he gets daddy's credit card he doesn't care you know i'm mm -hmm. just saying exactly no that's, yeah, but, that's completely understandable that that would be would be me saying that but uh, there is there is a lot of things that are happening and that are that you could basically say as as or see as a hardship uh, when it comes to that stuff so yeah so if you could change a thing about current trends in the gaming industry what would that be um i think it's currently changing now though but i would say that a lot of it comes down to how not safe what games are being perceived in the industry but i think that's changing slowly so i mean at the moment i don't really think that there is too much that i want to change i think that um you know for for what's happening and everything that's happening right now um i'm i'm pretty happy with a lot of things i know there's probably some devs that probably have different opinions on comparatively to what i would have to say but um i'm still i still consider myself a very small fish in a in a very big ocean so for me a lot of this stuff is um, uh you know i in terms of what i want changing I, I i think i'm just in it at the right time yeah that makes sense so tell us a little bit about your newest i don't know if it's directly your newest project but a little bit about slime girl smoothie that you just published today um mm. today means the day we are recording this when you hear this it's already out so go on steam check it out if you're not in germany and ruled by puritan tyrants so um yeah so slime girl smoothies yeah that's that's my baby that's my my game um i've been working on that for oh gosh uh i'd say it's been about two years um it, the first year was kind of an on and off thing because i wasn't too sure whether or not um the game was going like the game sort of started and then um uh, there was a couple of roadblocks we hit with some of the, uh, you know, because I, I gathered up a team because I realized that as I was working on the game that I needed to build like a little group of people to help me, you know, bring the vision to life. I, I'm not just, the first few games I made were by myself. So for me, it's more about now, you know, building little teams up and um, worked on it for two years. Um, it's been a really fun concept to do. I honestly didn't think we would get to this day. It's really weird seeing that the game is finished and done because um, we 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 really did uh there were times where i was like i don't think this game is ever going to get finished because we we just had uh little speed bumps or little things in the road that you know prevented us from continuing um but yeah the concept is a bunch of girls work at well i mean this is the the, the short end of it is a bunch of girls work at a uh a a drinks bar 
and they drink the ingredients and shake them around in their tits and they serve them in glasses through their tits and I, I really like the idea of again doing something as unique as that mechanic and I wanted to do something that you know again it's just something creative and so I kind of wrote down this whole spiel of these characters and then I wrote a story of um, and I don't want to spoil it too much but um, from a visual novel perspective because part of the game is visual novel whereas part of the game is puzzle related uh, the visual novel aspect is actually quite um, I, I've had a lot of people say that it goes from lewd to wholesome really quick and it's quite interesting in that regard <laughs> and I can understand why because there is an element of story writing that I um, I, I do love doing and I, I I wrote, um, I guess you would say character building. So there actually is a bit of character building in the game. So by the time you get to the end of the game, you kind of feel like you know them all a little bit better and the story kind of completes itself. So you sort of have like a rounded edge of this is what the universe is. And, you know, if we ever return to it, you'll kind of get more of an idea. I mean, all the universes in the Shady Corner games kind of all talk to each other in a way. So um, the possibility of us doing a second one is not out of the realm of possibility. I would love to do a second game but I would um, I don't like to hold that stuff too close because I also from a from a business perspective I also look at the fact that hey maybe it might not do as well um, and maybe it might have to be a personal thing a personal project down the line or something that I can adapt into something else um, which you know is not not completely impossible I think though that um, you know people will enjoy this game it's a simple, relaxed, chilled game. A lot of sexy visuals on it. Um, the puzzle mechanic is very unique. Uh, we tried to stick away from the whole match three honeypop style thing to kind of give um, the mechanics a feel that, you know, it doesn't just feel like another reskin game. We wanted it to feel very new. Um, but at the same time, quite familiar to people. Like, it didn't feel too foreign that people would turn on the game and be like, oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, this game's too difficult. We tried to make it that, you know, something that's intriguing enough to keep the player enthralled. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to playing it. It sounds really intriguing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, is there... what? What's next for Shady Corner? What do you have planned? Oh, um, we currently have... A, I, I don't want to say sequel because I feel I feel like it's not really, but it kind of is. Uh, a second game following up of Marble Maid that we're working on. Uh, I will say it's the second game in the series of the games um, that we're working on. And if, if this one does well, I'd like to do a third one because um, I do have ideas of what I want to do with the Marble Maid universe. Um, we've got a huge update for Shady Ludkart coming out September with two really big characters from two really big games. They're gonna be uh, cameoing in the game, so that's gonna be really fun. Uh, and then we've got a really cool track from a really old lewd game is going to appear in Shady Lucart's next update. Where we've also got something really cool coming Christmas. Um, and then next year, hopefully, we're going to start looking at, um, you know, maybe doing something a little bit different. 
because I've got a couple of ideas that I've been sitting on for a long time and I would really like to do them but I don't know exactly um, you know if and when you know because again there are some ideas where you know you focus on stuff you want to do but then you know is there enough hours in the day I don't know I mean I'm working I'm currently writing a game at the moment that takes all of the ideas that I don't have time for and put them all into one game and I know that sounds almost like career suicide in a way but at the same time I've been working on this I would say it's a very um it's a very ambitious game, but it's going to be a game that will take all the ideas, whether they've been scrapped or um, games that basically that I've, I will never have time for, but just wrap them all up into sort of one game that everybody can sort of sit back and go, wow, that's a lot of, that's a lot of ideas in one, one thing. So, yeah, so, you know, short answer, there's a shitload of stuff we're working on. I'm constantly writing. I mean, I was writing today when I should have been preparing the Slime Girls stuff. And it's like, I'm like, I'm trying to do 50 things at once. So um, hopefully I can kind of uh, uh, put some of that aside and focus a bit more on Slime Girls today. But yeah, I, I'd say just keep keep a watch out on our social medias and um, our YouTube channel and our Steam page. Because, you know, our, in October, definitely tune in October to our Steam page because we're going to be announcing a lot of cool games that we're going to be helping publish as well. Some, some Halloween themed stuff. I might, I might. I don't know, and I don't want to say it on the podcast, but I might have a hunch what you could announce. <laughs> I have some insider scoop a little bit. Oh, this. okay. Hey, look, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued after the podcast. You'll have to tell me because I'm intrigued to see. I, I don't know if you have it announced already, but it could be, it could be one, one game uh, with whose developer I'm friends with. So, um, can I give you real quick? A small feedback for Shady Card? Of course you can. I'm always open for feedback. That thing desperately needs controller support. So it's really funny that you say that because it actually does have controller support. Really? Why yeah, did they recognize my controller then? What controller do you use? Uh, Xbox Pro. Okay, that might be the issue, but um, we've noticed that Steam has a really weird thing with recognizing controllers. So. A lot of controllers, and I don't know what it is with certain makes, because the hardest part that we've got, and this is the hardest part about making a game, is we can't go out and buy every single controller that's made for a computer. And so it's really difficult when we, we had it when we first launched, we had three different people messaging us about controllers, and we thought it was all one issue. And we fixed it, but it only fixed one guy's issue. And then when we asked them what controllers they had, they all had different controllers. And so when we spoke to devs, they were like, oh yeah, it's because of this, or it's because of this. And it's like, oh, they don't tell you that. They don't tell you that information when you do this sort of thing. Like you'd think that a lot of the stuff is plug and play, but between Unity, Steam, and whether or not it's a Xbox or PlayStation controller, there are a lot of factors at play that we don't get to test. Um, and we've actually, we did do a little support group, you know, trying to track down which controllers don't work. Um, recently, there was somebody's controller who didn't work and it turns out it's a it was a really weird bug but it took us it took us about three months to work it out but it was the controller was connected and it still didn't work in the game and what it was was they had a sound mixer board attached to their computer as well 
and Shady Lucart was recognizing that as the controller instead of the actual controller. And we didn't know that because we didn't know they had a sound mixer attached to their computer. We also didn't know that Unity would randomly decide that that's a controller. Um, so for six six months, where we're like literally heads heads in our hands going why isn't this controller working we've tried everything and it wasn't until somebody said like what else is it connected to their computer like you know is this something else that's connected that's interfering you know we should have a look into that and that's when you know we completely were able to like, sometimes it's mo the most simplest thing so um definitely send me your specs and your details afterwards because i can definitely um look into that for you like again i don't mind doing that for people because it the controller support definitely does work it's just more that i i find that some of them are a little bit different comparatively to others and i don't i still will never understand why themes like that nor will i understand why unity is not as as friendly as it should be i i think that um there are simpler key inputs and we've been wanting to go down a different route but the problem is is that you know if we start going down that route how much will it damage what we've already made so it's kind of been sort of a a toss-up and also because we're we're over halfway in production on the early access at the moment so i think that now we're starting to take a survey of like what is the majority controller people are using uh is unity going to fix a lot of the issues that we have because we only just i think it was only about six months ago we swapped shady luca over to the new unity version and it completely destroyed a lot of things that we built including controller support was one of the things that it changed um and we completely coded it a different way so it was quite interesting to see that something so small that we thought was going to be better for the game made more work than we ever expected it so i guess when you like going back to that question you said about hardships i'd guess like testing stuff is also a another thing because you don't know what some Somebody has as their computer or what they have as it's hard to sit in the same room as you and un get an understanding of exactly what equipment everybody's got and how it plays together because i feel like a lot of stuff is just uh sometimes also internal workings and how it goes together not just the setup itself but uh mm -hmm. sometimes just just software works in like the weirdest ways possible i know oh, that because course. because I, i i work in cybersecurity and the things we we did uh, experience at some point are also very interesting <laughs> uh, so yeah i i have yeah, full it... understanding but i legit i plugged in my xbox pro controller like the second one xbox pro 2 or whatever it's called and i thought it would work because it sh it, it, it should it's out of the box you know for windows pcs and steam but it legit didn't work so but i'll send you the, have, the details later yeah if you could yeah that'd be good i don't know i'd have to check the list if we've had an xbox pro whether or not because we've got a list of controllers that we've been slowly going through um well not not so much going through but we we try to when people say that they play the game with a controller we usually ask them what controller they play with whether it works or whether it doesn't so in that way we can gauge a list specifically of controllers that we know for a fact work out of the box versus ones that we know that yeah well, they need tweaking or something like that um and again that that sort of stuff is something that um it's and it's something like you were saying before about inner workings and stuff like that it's it's it, it could even come down as simple as something that um 
it, it's much like when you look at a painting and somebody else sees something different in the painting. It's like once you stand back and you look at it and somebody could see a different aspect of it. Um, we've had that with code before, with bugs. So usually standing back and looking at something and, and getting an understanding of uh, what could be wrong. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely all for it and make to get you get you out on the track in your new controller. Awesome. So is there a trend in the current video game industry? And I don't necessarily talk also about the just the the, the like niche gaming industry uh, with porn games, but the broader video game industry that you really like. Um, how do you mean exactly? So basically, one one developer I asked this question said for example it is much easier to get indie games out there at this point and much easier to actually create them because there's so many tools and everything out there that can help oh. you create these kinds of games and i agree with him i mean it's also in inevitably much harder to be discovered because everyone and their mom makes games now but that that is one example or for example for me personally what i love to see is that double a games are slowly coming back and um so like give me like a, a short version of that okay what is your current favorite trend in the video game industry um it's, it's hard to say because i feel like i feel like i've gone off of mainstream and i really do gravitate towards indie because i feel that indies kind of become what game design was when it first started like people in their garages making atari games and stuff like it's that it's that sort of pendant um building i would say that the trends that i do like are being able to um what's the word uh, i like the idea of talking to fans and getting an understanding because the biggest thing is that they are your consumer so for a lot of that it comes down to you know is somebody gonna play the game like based on the fact of like i'm just taking guesswork but a lot of games now if you look at games particularly over the last five years a lot of them are very fan inspired in terms of they've listened to a lot of the audience and i like that kind of thing okay, that sounds pretty good yeah i think developers and fans got a lot clearer closer to um sometimes a little bit to the detriment of things because fans can also be quite harsh i would say uh, but overall i think it's uh if you can create a community or curate a community and fan base you will probably be much better off the most devs I agree to that. So yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, is there anything you would like to change in the current landscape? No, I think if anything, like just the fact that, you know, loot games are slowly becoming more acceptable. I know that it won't fully, but you know, that that trend is something that, you know, I've been pushing towards. Um, in terms of everything else, I think that the, the landscape itself, in my opinion, as a smaller guy is fine. I don't really have a, a sort of major issue with um, how the current industry is running. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're probably a lot out of the loop when it comes to the AAA gaming industry because you said I'm just more in the indie gaming space. Do you still play I mean, games? I, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I still stream three times a week. I'm. Uh, I still play mainstream games too. Like, um, and 
trying to think of like the most recent thing. I mean, the most recent thing was the recent Kirby game. And so like for me, I'm still playing new games. It's more so that I don't go down to the shop every week and buy a new game anymore. For me, more so that industry's changed a bit for me. Because before when I was a kid, it was you had retro games and then you had new games. There was only two real categories. And now it's you've got independent. And independent is like the break-in for whether or not you're going to be uh, AAA or not. And also there's a, it's almost like a self-publishing, you know, any, like you said before, anybody can publish a game. So um, anybody can basically build a game if they want to build a game. Um, there's a lot of examples. And I think that that over time um, has changed the landscape a lot. Um, and I mean, I still would say that I still play just as much um, uh, newish games, like game, I would say games that were released over the past couple of years. I still play my PS4. I haven't played PS5, but um, you also play less. Play, you also should oh, play PS5 at this point. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to. And I, I've had a lot of people tell me to, and I'm like, well, like, what would I be playing on it? Like nothing. Like I don't. I don't. For me, a console is about an investment of what can I do on the thing. And once it's empty, there's nothing else to do. And I'm, I'm still of the physical gaming type. I don't, I hate digital games. Even though I publish digital games myself, I, as a collector of games, I prefer a physical copy of a game. And so for me, uh, physical copies are, I, I love them. I love being able to go out and buy a game, have a little manual with it, have the box, have it sit on my shelf like a DVD or something. I'm very, I love that sort of physical thing. So for me, um, um, I'm still, I'm still buying games, but I'm, not going out and buying the latest game that comes out tomorrow unless it's something that really does mean a lot to me. Uh, I, I would prefer to wait a year, especially considering like the amount of games I already have to play. I don't really have enough time to play everything. Yeah, that's that's true. You should see my backlog. I mean, at this point, I wouldn't even say it's a backlog. It's just a mountain of games I haven't played yet. So that 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 is one of the things I don't like about the video game industry. Industry, and this is a first world problem I know but we have way too we are eating way too good like there's so many good games so many fun games and if somebody says I don't know what to play then I have to really look at these people and think like did you pay attention exactly like there's so many stuff coming out and even if you're just having a niche interest like there's so much stuff coming out come on guys like do do your work your homework you'll find something that that is that is the the truth about the video game industry no i can agree on that for sure okay do you have anything to say to the audience any famous last words i just want to say thank you so much for wanting to reach out and talk to me on a on a podcast i'm i love doing these sort of things i love chatting i love i understand why you were saying before about how there are a lot of devs that don't you know it's hard to reach out to them i did a i still do it i still do a um a interview podcast on my own channel um 
where I interview voice actresses, game devs and such. And I think the biggest thing about that is a lot of people like that to stay anonymous. But then the other part is the, I find a lot of developers are particularly introverted. So for them to talk about, especially to talk about loot things, it, it, it's, it's only just sort of becoming really a norm now comparatively to what it used to be. So I'm finding that, you know, when I asked a lot of developers, a lot of them would say no. Um, but yeah, I would say that uh, I'm grateful to to be on your show. And if you, if anybody wants to check out my stuff, just Google Shady Corner Games. Our games will come up. Otherwise, go check out our YouTube channel, Shady Corner. Um, I'll have where I'll have the. I'll have the link to the Twitter and to the YouTube channel in the description. I unfortunately cannot link anything on Steam because uh, they will give you a strike for that. Oh, of course. Otherwise, I would like link slime girls smoothies. Uh, if no, you haven't, if you if you haven't checked that one out, um, it's about uh, slime girls shaking their tits and making cocktails. So I don't know what's what's more appealing. I wouldn't know what's more appealing. <laughs> uh, and yeah, with that being said, that's been your podcast. Thank you for coming, Shades. And I will have you back at one point, and we have to make a follow-up interview about everything. Of course. With that being said, I've been the Orcosaurus. You can find me on all social medias as the Orcosaurus. I stream on Twitch as the Orcosaurus. And more importantly, you find me on Patreon. You can have early access to the podcast, for example. Also the Orcosaurus. Uh, there's also more on Patreon, like not safe for work, let's place and whatnot. So check that out. With that being said, thank you everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.